this study in 1 Corinthians that we started a long time ago. But uh, it's the end of the letter, and I was just thinking about this idea of making it all the way to the end. You know, the last month or so here, we've said goodbye to some real pillars of our church. Grace, who um, would have been uh, 99 here, or was it 98? I I think 99 here another week. And then uh, Fawny's birthday was yesterday, actually. So, So we've had people make it to their 90s serving Jesus thought I want to make it to, well, I don't know if I want to make it to my 90s, but if I do make it to my 90s, I want to be serving Jesus. Uh, I want to make it to the end. I want to stay on track. I don't want to go off the rails. I don't want there to be a bad ending. And I'm like, boy, he started so good. And then, you know, we don't want that. I want to make it to the end and follow the example, just like Marty and Cheryl said. We, we want to step into that gap. And... Um, you know, Grace would tell you, and John and Fonny would tell you, we're not perfect. They would quickly deflect all that attention and just say, hey, we just love Jesus and want to serve him. And so I'm thinking, that's kind of how this wrap-up to this letter is. If you want to make it to the end, serving Jesus, there's just some simple things to keep in mind. And that's what Paul wraps up for us in this letter to really a church that was kind of in a lot of trouble and having a lot of problems. But he finally wraps it up like this. It says to stay sharp, keep loving and serving. Stay sharp, keep loving and serving. So we're going to look at that. There's just a few verses here at the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 16. These kind of final, almost rapid fire points, almost shotgun approaches. Boom, boom, boom. So let's look at these. We're going to read 1 Corinthians 16 verses 13 to 18. And that'll wrap us up here. First Corinthians 13, or 16, verses 13 to 18. He says, Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Now I urge you, brothers, you know that the household of Stephanus were the first converts in Achaia, And that they have devoted themselves to the service of the saints. Be subject to such as these and to every fellow worker and laborer. I rejoice at the coming of Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achaicus because they have made up for your absence. For they refreshed my spirit as well as yours. Give recognition to such people. So here's where we're going to go. Stay sharp. Keep loving and serving. That's what we're going to see. So the first one is this idea of staying sharp, this idea of being watchful, be alert, you know. Some of you, it's going to get hard. We had daylight savings. That makes it hard to be watchful and alert when the clock goes off wrong. But I was trying to think, what does this mean to be watchful, to be alert? And a few years ago, we had a guy come here called Sam Middlebrook. And some of you sat in on, he's a pastor, but he also does firearms instructing and church safety instructing. So he's a really sharp guy, a great big guy. He's probably got 48 pieces of equipment in all his pockets, this guy. But he came here and sat down with, I don't know, 12, 15 of us on a Saturday, and he walked through church safety issues. And, and somewhere we were talking about, 
you know, why do things happen at churches? Why, why would a bad thing happen? And he said, this is what happens. People come to a church and their antenna goes down, meaning I'm with my people. I'm in my church. I'm safe. I'm comfortable here. Nothing bad happens at church. I mean, in terms of like crime, you know, something might be bad. Someone say something you don't like. But your antenna goes down where you're not really watching for something bad. You're not really assuming that someone walking through the parking lot might have a nefarious plan. You're at church. You're among your people. Your antenna goes down. And so they have this happen where they watch someone walk right in and take a kid. And people are like, huh, that just doesn't look right. But we're at church. So they eat another cookie. And they're wondering, like, why did no one jump in to play? Why did no one step up? Why did no one do that? In fact, I remember that one time I had a guy just get really kind of upset here in the back hall. And I used my loud voice that most of you don't even know I have unless you're my children. And, uh, and people kind of slunked away, like, well, huh, I'm going to get away from that. And I was hoping the loud voice would, like, draw people to me. But there's this, like, your antenna goes down. Well, this is a church, and maybe they were debating, you know, theological points, and Ryan got mad. I don't know. So his whole point was, for a church safety team, you need people who come to church, and their antenna is up. Why is that guy in the parking lot? Should that door be propped open? Should this person be in this hallway? They're just watching And I don't want to alarm you. He said most churches, the worst thing that ever happens is a medical emergency, you know, not a crime scene. He said the the most likelihood is there'll be a medical issue at church, not a crime. So I don't want to like freak you all out that people are ready to rip the doors down. But the whole point was you needed people who came to church ready to pay attention, right? They're here and they're glad you're here and they're shaking hand, but they're also, I'm going to look through the parking lot. I'm watching these people. This person looks out of place. I'm just going to go talk to them. My antenna is up. I'm alert. I'm paying attention. I want to know, are things safe here? I'm not letting my guard down. And I think that's what Paul is telling us to do here. Be watchful. Keep your antenna up. Keep your antenna up. And so these last rapid-fire phrases that he ends the letter with kind of sum up issues that he's done through the whole letter that we've been studying here for a year. Right? They live in this place called Corinth. At one time during this letter, he addressed them, and they were going out to these meals, and there was idolatry everywhere. And he said, hey, watch out. You're going to get sucked into something. Right? There also, we had a whole section, chapter 6 and 7, all about sexual sin. I mean, watch out. We have to watch out when you turn your phone on. Just even the most innocent search can lead you to a troubled place. So we're alert We also read just a few weeks ago, there was a group of people in this church that said, you know what, there's no resurrection. That didn't happen. And and so we have to be watching out. You have to be watching out that your involvement in things does not pull you away from Jesus. A lot of times we want our antenna to go down and we want to relax. And Paul's saying, antenna up, you're on the alert. If people come to you, even people inside the church, and they start saying things like, Jesus didn't really raise from the dead, there's other ways to get to heaven, we kind of go, boop, 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 I know you're my friend, but I'm all, that's not right, and we're not going to be pulled away from the truth. Or we get around people, and they start speaking a certain way or engaging in certain things, and you go, you know what, I need to step back. I need to be watchful. I don't want to shipwreck my faith. I don't want to let go of the core doctrines. I don't want to get pulled into something. Um, And so there's a reality that there is a spiritual war that we live in. And if you're not on the alert, 
it's going to eat you up. 1 Peter 5 eight says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. They had a clip on America's Funniest Videos the other day, and this kid was, I'm presuming, at a zoo, and he was sitting against the glass wall, but he was facing his family. And behind him, this young lion was like working his way down in full crouch, and the kids just, woohoo, and they might have staged it, I don't know. But then that lion dove at that glass, you know, kind of, you know, hit it. But I'm just thinking, whoa. That thing was ready to eat that kid. There's some thick glass there. That's the reality. There is a part of our life where we need to be watchful. Watchful and alert. There really is an adversary. He really would love to bring us down with wrong thinking, wrong theology, just distraction. could even just be distraction. Your hobby gets more than a hobby. The news takes over your life. It's anything. We want to be alert so we're on track for Jesus, we're watchful, we're sober-minded. Sober that's what he says here. Be watchful, standing firm in the faith. I'm sticking with Jesus, I'm sticking with Jesus. I'm alert to anything that doesn't seem like it's scriptural, anything that's pulling me away from the truth, pulling me away from serving Jesus, pulling me away from being on track. We're paying attention, our antenna is up. Stand firm in the faith. That's why it's perfect. We're honoring people who went into their 90s firm in Jesus. Probably had a lot of reason through the years to check out. A lot of heartaches. They could have said, God, where are you in this? I'm checking out. Like, nope. We're standing firm in the faith. I'm going to be locked into this. I'm not going to move off this spot. This was the beginning of chapter 15. He said, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. He's saying, We're going to hold on to this. For I delivered to you as first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. He's saying, don't let go of the, the, the incarnation of Jesus, his death on your behalf, his burial, his resurrection on the third day. That he's Don't let go of that. Don't let anything pull you off of that truth. I'm standing firm. Have you ever had to stand firm on something? I think I've told this story about a time Heather and I went to a, one of those timeshare meetings. I think they promised us like a, might even have been like a $200 credit debit card, you know, gift card on there. But boy, you had to stand firm. And I was like, I'm not buying anything. I'm not going to sign my name to anything. And boy, it wear you down. And you're in a room where you can't actually see the exit. You're like in a room inside of a room, you know, like we got you in there. And he kept saying, well, if it was just a dollar, would you buy it? Like, well, are you going to make it a dollar? No, he's not going to make it a dollar. Well, if it's just a dollar, if you were a good father, you would buy it. You have these, you know, just all this twist in your arm. You're like, I'm not buying it. Give me the gift card, right? But you have to stand firm, right? A lot of people go on vacation and come home with a condo payment. And you're like, wait a minute. I'm not doing it. And that's where we are with our faith. I believe in Jesus. Death, burial, resurrection. I'm not moving off that spot. I don't care what happens. I don't care who bombs what, right? I don't care what tragedy I face. That's the truth. 
I'm not moving off it. And that's what he's saying. Don't get pushed off it. Don't get discouraged. All right, the next one is, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, and be strong. Now, it'd be easy to get kind of sidetracked with that, especially if you're not a man. Like, well, what's this about? Or is this promoting some kind of hyper-masculine machismo thing? But it's also like bravery, right? Act like the best part of a man. Not the part where we get machismo and grunt and chest bump. and right. That's not that part. And so women can certainly be brave, right? So it's not excluding of women. It's talking about act like men and the brave and courageous be strong. I had a great example a few Sundays ago. You know, the football's over, so you've got to watch something. So uh, Heather said, I heard that, di- the, well, the National Geographic, and it's on Disney+, Plus. they did a documentary on the rescue of the Thai soccer team that was trapped in the cave, like in 2019. You guys remember that? Yeah, so... It's, I mean, we were like exhausted at the end of watching it. I recommend it, but we were exhausted, you know, like clutching the chair. It was not promoting a Sunday afternoon nap. It was like a full... But if you don't remember the story, I mean, in Thailand, they have just miles of caves that I, I'm assuming were carved out by volcanic flows forever ago. And the soccer team, this kid's soccer team, went in there to explore after a soccer match. And then these things, they were in like a mile, I think. But the rains had already started, and all the rainwater, as it flows out of the mountains, there are certain entry points, and so it filled that cave up and trapped them in an area. The water came up so fast, and it trapped them. And so it was this whole, I mean, it's, it's worth watching. I mean, even if you've got to get the Disney Plus trial for like a month just to watch this documentary, and then you can cancel it, or you can catch up on all the Disney movies. But it's on that, that streaming service. I had no idea all the details. I remember it happening. I remember they got him out. I really didn't understand how. It was unbelievable. But the point of the story, that, of today's story, is the, the first group they called in was the, the Thai Navy SEALs. They have a version of the Navy SEALs, the Thai Navy SEALs. And this guy, oh, I wrote it down, remember? Oh, Saman Kunan. He actually had retired from the Navy SEALs. And he was a triathlete, and they said he just always kept in really good shape. And then the moment this happened and the Navy SEALs get called, he's there. He's like back in the uniform. He said he would still drill with them, so he just showed up. He's like, all right, I'm back in. Got the suit on. Here we go. And so, I mean, they're, they're scuba diving through these tunnels that are raging rivers. The guy said, if you turned your head slightly, it would rip your, your dive mask right off. It was unbelievable, the ones... And this is the man that gave his life. One rescuer died, and it was him. And he, he wanted to do it. Like his, it was either his wife or girlfriend. I don't remember their interview. She said he wanted to die a hero. I was like, I don't even know if I think like that. But this guy did. There's kids trapped in a cave. They're not his kids. He doesn't know these kids. He suits back up with the Navy SEALs and he's diving in a raging river tunnel mile deep. And he gave his life. That's when someone says, <laughs> act like men, be brave. Be, that's, that's who's, I'm thinking of a guy like that. Like, whoa, who does that? That guy did that. And he's honored as a hero there and should be. But in our faith, he's saying, 
We need some people like that. They went into a Roman culture. Everywhere you walk down the street in Corinth had gods everywhere and temples everywhere and then multiple gods. You know, the Romans called Christians atheists. Did you know that? Because they only believed in one God. They're like, you guys are just like atheists. You guys are crazy for having this. One got gods all over the place. And the Christians were odd for that. You just think there's just one in charge? Yeah, yeah, he's in charge of everything. He died and rose again. So they had to be brave to go to work, say, Jesus is the eternal reigning God. Some of you have to be brave going to work. Some of you work in places your faith is not welcome. Your faith is the enemy. And I'm not saying to go in there as a jerk, but you're going in there. I'm going to have to be brave to hold on to Jesus in a hostile environment. Your kids going to school, a bunch of them are at a retreat right now. they got to be brave to go to school right now. We need to pray for them, be brave. I'm going to be a follower of Jesus and sit in classrooms that may erode that. Now, not every classroom and certainly not every teacher, but there's a vibe, a, a spirit over it of hostility. So I'm going to be brave and hold on to my faith. I'm going to be strong and believe it. If all my friends don't, I'm going to believe it. If all my friends laugh at it, I'm not going to laugh at it. And so there's this sense we've got to be strong in our faith. We've got to be willing to, to go to it. Because you think of the bravery of going to a cross. You think of the bravery of God making him who knew no sin to be sin so that we could be the righteousness of God. Whew. That's brave. That's our Savior. So he's saying, you're going to follow me. I want you to be brave. Brave in your family reunion. Brave in your workplace. Brave in your neighborhood. Brave in following Jesus. I want you to be strong and hold on to him. So we got to stay sharp, right? That whole part was to stay sharp. I'm alert. I'm holding on to the faith. I'm going to keep training and focusing on what God wants me to do. I think this next verse was so important so they just didn't go off the rails. I can be so brave you run people over. Let all that you do be done in love. I think that Thai Navy SEAL was brave, but also had care. Like, I want to rescue some kids that are terrified, stuck in a cave a mile under the earth. Right? So there's this sense of bravery, but in love. Right? If you have bravery and strength that's not in love, you can squash people. And so Paul has this kind of control on there, I think, that... that um, it's not shown off. And in this church, they had this problem of, like, they were being strong in the wrong things, right? There's people we read earlier in the letter, hogging communion, not giving anybody anything. Like, ah, this is mine. I'm taking this first. Uh, they had people that were seeking a lot of attention. So they wanted visible sign gifts. We read about that. There was a way overemphasis on signs and prophetic gifts to the exclusion of others. And so I want to be first. I want to have attention I want to be up there. And uh, so there was this sense of almost wildness in their worship. And Paul's saying, that might be strong in one sense, but it's not loving. Because you're not promoting other people. You're not lifting up what you might say is a lesser gift. You're not making sure that everyone's included at the Lord's table. And so that's why he says, I want you to be strong and brave and out there for the Lord Jesus and to do it with love. That's a key, especially in public places, that you're brave for Jesus with love, right? I'm going to love you to Jesus. John 13, Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. Just as I have loved you. Sacrificial love. You also are to love one another. 
By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And so there's this sense of strong and brave, I'm going to follow Jesus no matter what, and I'm going to bravely love people that maybe don't get loved. I'm going to love the person that's after me. I'm going to love the source of hostility. I'm going to love one another so that there's a strength married with love, which is the Lord Jesus, right? You don't go to a cross just to show off, right? It's because of his great love with which he loved us. And then the final part, so we got to stay sharp, keep loving, and serving. Now I urge you, brothers... This is verse 15. You know that the household of Stephanus were the first converts in Achaia, and that they have devoted themselves to the servants of the saints. Devoted had the idea of an ordered, systematic setup of regular service. It wasn't sort of a random, well, I might do that today. They had a systematic, scheduled, planned to be devoted to something, it means it always happens, right? How many of you are devoted to a cup of coffee in the morning? Boom, right? It's going to happen. Or tea, fine. No, uh, right? You're devoted to it. It's a regular, systematic part of your routine. And that's what he's saying. This group of people have devoted themselves to the service of the saints, Linguists devoted themselves here. I mean, if the doors were open, they were in them. If the door was broken, John probably fixed it, right? It was open. They were, they were devoted. It was a regular, systematic part of their life. I'm going to serve. I'm devoted to it. And what's interesting in this church, early in the letter, we, they were really upset at Paul, and not, they were discrediting him. He's not really a true apostle. These other guys are better speakers. I follow Paul, and I follow Peter, and I follow... They had all this sort of like putting him down, and then they had this desire for public gifts. And um, so at the very end, Paul says, let me tell you who the heroes are. Let me tell you who you should honor. This household of Stephanus, right? Let's honor this guy. Why? Because they're devoted to service. Right? He says, be subject to such as these. Be subject. Put yourself under people who serve and to every fellow worker and laborer. Notice not every fellow leader and apostle, but the workers, the laborers, the servants. He said, I rejoice at them. He says, for they refresh my spirit. Give recognition to such people. It didn't mean give them lots of awards and bring them up on the stage and give them medals. Recognition was really a form of make sure you know about them. Make sure you know what they do. Make sure you know what makes them tick. Make sure you know why they're doing what they're doing. Make sure you know about them. You want to know about this hero and that hero. You want to be aligned with, you know, some people really want to be aligned with the next great emerging thing. So I want to make sure you know about people who just serve every day. Know about those people. Give recognition. Get them into your thinking. Know about them. And so there's just something beautiful about people who just serve. And they just serve. And they just clean up stuff. And they just come every week and work with kids. And they come every week and they take care of the building. Or there's people who come every week and water those two plants. There's people that come and sharpen those pencils. And they go, well, that's, yep, they're serving. There's people who call you on the phone. How you doing? We have people here who write letters. 
probably you get lots of them, 20, 20 a week maybe. They're just serving. They're just serving on a regular routine. So that's who you want to know about. Because that's the story of our faith. I'll wrap up with this passage. A church that wanted to be great, and, and then the disciples wanted to be great. Here in Luke 22, it says, A dispute also arose among them as to which of them was to be regarded as the greatest. We always want to get to the top. He said to them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors. But not so with you. Rather, let the greatest among you become as the youngest, and the leader as the one who serves. For who is the greater? One who reclines at table or one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at the table, right? And the servants bring him everything he wants. But I am among you as the one who serves. Jesus didn't go to the head of the table. He didn't demand his way. He didn't come to be served, but to serve. Jesus said, I am among you as the one who serves. And so our leader, our Lord, is the servant of all. So that sums it up. You want to live a life into your 90s should the Lord bless. It's just pretty simple. Stay sharp on your faith, on your bravery, on your service. Keep loving and keep serving. And we'll bring all the honor to the Lord. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that you are the one who served. You served us on the cross. And you served us defeating the power of sin and death. And you served us paying a price we could never pay. You served us humbling yourself to a depth we can't even imagine. Lord, fill us with that service. Fill us with that love. Keep us alert. The devil's schemes aren't new. They're right there in Genesis, right on to the end. He's always trying to defeat, and yet you have overcome. So keep us sharp. Keep us aware of our own weaknesses. Let us be brave in love. Lord, and again, we just thank you for the legacy of people like John and Fonny, Grace, people who have gone on before us. Loving you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't we all stand together?